This morning I woke up to a pool of tears. To be in this male body, in this society, in this conditioning. The greatest liberation I have yet found is in welcoming the waters. Letting them flow. Not resisting the strong current of heartbreak, of loss, of regret, of anger, of love. Welcome everyone, I'm Sam Sebastian and you're listening to How Are You Doing Really? In today's episode I'm joined by my friend Ophir Haber and Ophir shares about uh, his experience during uh, the coronavirus pandemic and what it's been like to live in a intentional living community in Oakland called Canticle Farm. And he also goes into uh, some of the work that he's been doing with his twin brother uh, leading men's group uh, so that they can kind of look at the structures that have been um, kind of built around masculinity and, and really helping men to kind of become more vulnerable in a safe way and um, start to unlearn, deprogram some of those uh, really deeply rooted programmings that have happened throughout history. Additionally, Ophir talks about some of the rituals that he brings into those teachings that are based in uh, Judaism and also some of the Moroccan Jewish traditions that he has come from. And he also talks about one of his biggest teachers being his own inner voice, which I think is really beautiful. So I'm excited for all of you to hear uh, the wisdom that he has to share and also there is a special treat at the end where he reads um, a piece of poetry that he's written that is uh, in his newest and, and first self-published poetry book uh, so I'm excited for you all to hear I hope you enjoy Welcome everyone. I am Sam Sebastian and today I'm joined by my dear friend Ophir Hab Hab Haber. Is is that That's yeah. good. it's it's one of them anyways. <laughs> you can you can pronounce it. Um Ophir and I met at Esalen. Um back in January of this year. So uh, right before shelter in place happened, we got to spend two magical uh, months at Esalen. Uh, I was assisting the, the bodywork training that he was in and um, just got to yeah, get to know him. And, and since if, uh, I've, I've moved up to Nevada City as a brother who's up here in the area and um we've been able to connect a bit more um and one of the things i wanted to mention about ophir um he just self-published a beautiful um book of poetry and yeah there's so many other words you could use to describe the work that you do and i'm totally open to letting you I'd talk about it more if you'd like, uh, but the the title of it's called the the essence underneath. Yeah, welcome, Ophir. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, 
I'm I'm really grateful that this lined up and and worked out. Um, oftentimes, I kind of go through this this internal process of who would I um, like to bring on and and uh, get to kind of interview and and also just drop in with and. There's just been such a ease, I think, with you that, like, it for me, it, it just like all of our conversations. I I would record um, just because it's just there. the The level um, in which I feel like I get to connect with you is just it's a special one. So um, feeling that right now. Um, <laughs> And, and yeah, uh, I often ask my guests uh, the question, how are you doing really? Uh, and, and I know before we even got on and started recording, I asked you, how are you doing? And you were like, well, you want to know or do you really want to know? And <laughs> <laughs> I was like, let's, yeah, let's, let's give it a minute. Well, let me focus and, and we'll, we'll get into that. But um, yeah, just given the current uh, state of the world and our circumstances. How, how are you doing? How are, how are things? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I feel like I'm experiencing the whole spectrum all the time. Uh, like definitely oscillating between um, just big highs and, and then, you know, some of the lows. Um, Overall today, I feel like I'm doing pretty well. I I feel like there's a lot of uh, different possibilities that keep opening themselves up. And I feel like a lot of the, um, both like the, the physical seeds that I've planted in the ground, I'm getting to enjoy the fruit, but also like the metaphorical seeds that I've, you know, planted in, 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 in some of the work that I'm doing and, and just how it's received and, and, and now different opportunities are being invited, invi- that are inviting themselves. Uh, and so I am feeling, I am feeling that abundance right now. Uh, and of course, you know, layered over just some of the grief of, the limitations of the moment, just missing, missing a lot more like community and physical connection. Uh, I feel pretty grateful that I live in a community uh, of an intentional community of 20 people, uh, which is definitely a blessing in this time to be able to, to, to just share space in uh, a time where many people are isolated uh, and to, and this community is, intergenerational and multiracial and uh there's just a lot of wisdom that i'm receiving from different members of the community at this time and a lot of beautiful ritual that we can come together um in doing so yeah i mean just just thinking about the community that you live in and the way that you described it being intergenerational and one of the things that kind of comes to mind for me is, um, I don't know if you've heard of blue zones. I haven't. There's, there's blue zones in the world and there these areas, um, communities in which people live like the longest and typically some of the happiest people on earth. And, 
And one of the, the key like components of these communities is that it is uh, intergenerational kind of cohabitation. And um, I know that now and, and, and living in Western culture, there's the, the, there's kind of like a separation of family. Like once you reach a certain age, it's like, okay, go out and like, I, I want to either move as far away from my family as possible to kind of come into this like individuation process. Um, but I think it's really beautiful um, to just, yeah, have, have that experience of, of living with, with elders and, and also younger people. And, and there is so much wisdom that can be kind of, transferred between the two not not just older people or elders having the wisdom it's like there's there's a lot of wisdom that comes from youth and just sharing different perspectives but i imagine also you you mentioned just like the the different layers um i don't know if that was your exact words but the just with what's happening as a collective, you know, in, in the world. And um, I'm sure there's something really special about having those, those people in your community with you during this, this whole process. I imagine you feel pretty supported. And Yeah, totally feel supported, feel um, like also I have, you know, I feel like as human beings, we, we, we are interconnected and, and like that, we that part of as you're saying in the blue zone our happiness is derived from being of service like feeling that like that 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 we can help that we can that that we can give something to other folks and then that be received and so to have an outlet uh, outlet for that i think is something that we all to some degree are seeking and so that's just a more immediate outlet that i can really be felt in that community mm-hmm. and and you also mentioned uh, planting things in a garden. And so I, I take it y'all have a community garden. Yeah, which... we have. Yeah. So the, uh, so the community is called Canticle Farm. Um, and it's in the Fruitvale neighborhood, a very urban neighborhood in East Oakland. And it's not actually a farm, but it's definitely beautiful, lush gardens that are over a block. Like you, on both sides of the property, it's just these urban streets. And you would never, ever imagine that these gardens are in between. It's kind of what we call the secret garden. And basically, it's a nonprofit. Called, um, and the owners of the, of the property, they uh, decided that they, they could, they, they had their friends that lived next door and they were moving out. And so they decided to, to begin a nonprofit where they would, eventually buy out the houses in the block and tear down the fences and really see what it would, what it feels like to, to live more communally and collectively and in trust rather than fear. And, uh, and so, yeah, we have just these beautiful gardens and over the years have been developed. And, and right now I'm kind of one of the, me and my, my brother who I live with are, are two of the main stewards of the gardens and, uh, we have a little greenhouse and we have a lot of different plots and we also have volunteers, high school volunteers that come and help out uh, as part of their um, service project. Wow. 
You you also mentioned um, these other seeds, um, more like I guess metaphorical seeds, and I'm just curious. Like, could you share more? Yeah, um, sure. About- um, so, some of the work that I've been doing uh, recently is a lot of, around men's work, um, and uh, the way I define what I'm doing in terms of men's work is not not really not creating containers for men to learn how to be men. It's for men to unlearn everything that they've learned that they need to be a man and so they can actually be more human. Uh, And so, uh, yeah, I feel there's a lot. I felt when I started doing this work, you know, it felt like such a new territory for me. And, you know, it felt like something I really wanted to, to really to to do in terms of releasing the conditioning that I've been given and just seeing the harmful impacts it had on me and, and a lot of my peers and and in our society in general and uh, yeah I feel like there's a lot more interest in that work and a lot more opportunities and 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 folks that I would never have expected to self-select to do that work are now really actually self-selecting to come into that work and and there's a lot more accountability and uh, we just had this past weekend a deepening retreat for folks who had already been doing this work and some of the, the, the levels of conversations that we could really uh, delve into. Uh, yeah. I just feels like b- picking more of the fruit of those, of those, of those seeds, seeing more of the, you know, that where it was like the small seeds of just even being able to be a little bit vulnerable uh, in, in a group together and not just come together and talk about, sports or, or things that don't actually uh reveal anything that's going on inside uh that 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 we get to um yeah not just be vulnerable but really really be vulnerable and really really talk about things that could be triggering that 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 have layers of trauma that that have layers of resistance because of maybe shame or guilt that's associated with it and really feel the trust that that it's a non-judgment space and they're all there to support each other. And they're all, we're all to some degree experiencing the same thing and, and have a shared history and Mm -hmm. a shared journey together. Yeah. That that work is so necessary and and, and can be so powerful. Um, Just doing work like that in a group setting. And like you mentioned, the, talking about shared experiences i think there's and there's almost like a, a permission that kind of comes with with those shares you know it's like oh they're they're sharing about something that i i can relate to or, or i've had that exact experience myself and kind of normalizing those experiences because before we're we're able to actually communicate that it's like we because oftentimes I, I'll speak for myself, like I, I've felt alone, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and how um, are these retreats? Is I know you said these are, are people who have already kind of been doing them and imagine you're doing them virtually. Yeah, at the moment we're doing virtually, yeah. We're, we're actually trying to develop, uh, we're developing a small organization that's actually going to um, – potentially be fiscally sponsored by this community organization. And uh, yeah, we're hoping to do more layers of offering. We've been partnering with other, another organization that's been helping us with a little bit of funding. And 
Um, we also have another retreat coming up in August that's, that's for folks who are kind of new to, to, to these kind of circles. Um, so it's kind of a little bit different than the, the retreat we just had. And is it all men, like oriented towards men's work, what you're speaking about specifically? Yeah, like I said, it's all connected, you know, so right now that's the outlet. And I think it's a really powerful outlet because uh, there is so much uh, deconditioning to be done um, and around masculinity, about what it means to be man. And some of it's so subtle, you know, it comes, it, it comes up so subtly in, in interactions and the ways, the, the permissions that we give ourselves and um, expectations we have of ourselves. And so, yeah, that's just one of the outlet, but, but, but the, the, for me on a deeper level, it just creating a community that's more, that's more connected to, to their soul, to, to their authentic expression, to their humanity. And also the, like by, by releasing a lot, like and releasing a lot of things that they've been taught that don't serve them, that separate them, that, that we can be more connected so we can be more service to each other and, and the earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do, how do people typically find, uh, find you or, or the organization that you're working with? Right. Well, at this point we're, we're working on a, um, on a smaller scale. So it's usually like by either by like someone who knows us or someone who knows someone who knows us or someone who knows someone who's been to one of the workshops and heard about it, or, you know, we do some kind of advertisement on social media. And and so we get a few folks that are, that are in some part of our extended network. Um, There's just an article about uh, the work I've I've been doing in the, well, a lot of the work I've been doing is with my brother, my twin brother. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, and now we have actually a group of, there's a a group of five of us who are doing it. And, uh, there was just an article that came out in the, the Jewish newspaper of the Bay Area. Um, and so I have like f- folks who read that article from different parts of the country who are, who are reaching out about, and we, and we, and in our virtual retreats, we've had folks that are coming from actually different parts of the country, but who've been kind of part of the extended network. Yeah. There's, there's something really um, interesting that's happened, I think in, in various um workshops and trainings that I'm participating in online right now. It, it's like, as we're not meeting in person and we're meeting online, it's like more people can actually attend um, just given like, even if people are on the East coast or some of the workshops they teach, like there's people that are in the UK, other parts of Europe um, and Asia. And it's, there there's as as much as it feels for me sometimes as disconnected things feel you know um with with in-person connections there's something really magical about having these online gatherings um for for that i'm I'm really grateful who knows like give me another month of still doing it i might be burnt out um and, and one of the things that i'm noticing just living up here, um, having more of a summer, uh, and living in San Francisco is like summers are kind of cold uh-huh. at times, you know, you know, how it goes, um, 
I just felt this really strong pull to to be outside more and and be connected <laughs> with with the land. Um, yeah, I think it's so important, especially as we were like most of the world is orienting more towards the online realm and like we're saying different containers workshops retreats meetings all are happening online in the virtual realm that it that to to have any outlets we can to kind of balance it out and be outside and connected to 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 the natural environment yeah i think it's so important and one thing i kind of wanted to come back to that you had mentioned is um doing this work with your twin brother Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm just curious how, how that's been. Like, would, did you ever think like you'd be where you are now doing the work that you're doing with, with him? It's a good question. I'm not sure what I've like thought. We've done a lot of work together in the past in, in, in many different, different ways. And we still do like we're still sharing a few projects together. Uh, I remember going once to, a. uh, like a psychic maybe or something we went together and she she was just like there's a reason why you know you shared the womb that like you want you were born as two people because like your work here is 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 too powerful to do as one person alone and i really feel that in many degrees like in many ways that we that that we need each other to, to to be able to do the depth of the work that we do and to have someone that we can that knows us so well and, and just can be on that wavelength so quickly at the same time, then it, it, it makes it much easier to, to, yeah, to just go deeper in the work and, and also to get more done. Um, and I think being a twin is part of like what started this work as you, know, as a twin, you're really sharing the most intimate identity together. You're really seeing what, brotherhood siblinghood can look like in the, in in the most intimate ways uh what sharing space looks like what uh what holding one another accountable looks like what projections look like and so i think having that relationship with one another really set up up well to be able to to facilitate this work uh because we yeah we really have an embodied sense of what it, what it feels like to be connected and to know that we're not here alone. I, I just, I mean, there's so many like kind of images and, and thoughts that I'm, I'm seeing as you're describing uh, that, that process of, of being in the womb and, and, and growing up and, and yeah, like you have a, a person who mirrors you like literally uh-huh. In, in so many ways and and i i think about like for me it it, it kind of took being in this relationship that i'm in with my partner to like start to have some of those deeper things kind of surface and yeah i'm just i'm curious how there may be some some similarities in in which that internal process comes out with your brother and then um, also like in relationship. A romantic partner. Like, yeah. 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 Oh mm-hmm. uh, yeah, totally. You know, it's uh, like right now because I'm actually living with my brother and uh, yeah, we, we like, we kind of joke that, you know, we're like we're now in partnership, you know, in that way. <laughs> and so 
we're getting all the 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 frustrations and projections that happen in romantic partnership just with like anyone that you spend a lot of time with um you know as a sovereign being but also as emerging being to some degree and uh yeah i mean before before i lived with my brother i had lived with um a partner for two years together you know and so uh i definitely see that there is a lot of similarities in terms of yeah when you deepen in relation with anyone uh uh there is one shared sense of like hey we're in it together and there's the just the, the little things that they do then if anyone else did that like, they wouldn't bother you at all or they like they wouldn't trigger you at all but for some reason when they do it it just like drives you crazy Oh, yeah. You know, I, I imagine there's like this strong, like deep love and, and I, maybe I'm alone in this experience, but, but where, where there's that strong, like deep love, there's also like the opposite feelings that can potentially come up. Yeah, totally. Like when you, when you care about someone and like in a really deep way, then, then yeah, you'll, you'll find the extreme of the emotions. You know, because like, I don't remember who said it, but you know, someone said like the 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 opposite of love isn't hate. You know, it's it's indifference, and so you're you're totally just not indifferent to anything because there's a, a level of care. Yeah, I like that. That that resonates a lot more for me. Is is he also uh, a writer, or you know, he you... writes. I mean, I feel like. Over, I feel. I actually remember, like in high school, actually writing his essays for him in some degree. Uh, but uh, he writes as well, you know. But I feel like I've kind of definitely inhabited that that hobby a little more, and uh, yeah, just have also shared more by writing, and and so yeah, I he probably wouldn't describe himself as a writer. Mm-hmm. And in that that process for you of, of writing, is it like uh, I I know certain people who are musicians, who are, are writers, or any kind of artistic form. Some some describe like kind of plugging into this like source and just like it comes through. And where there's certain environments that kind of have that similar effect, and I'm. I wonder is is that something you feel happens with with you and your writing or totally um I think actually maybe in in my book that you referenced earlier I have as like this is a you could call it a book of poetry but really it's a book of channelings uh mm-hmm. and yeah that's what it feels like it feels like there's something really there's like some information that or some experience something some deep experience that I've held that I finally find words to. And I'm, I may find, I may, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that other, that it also gives words to other people's experiences that they haven't yet found the words to. And uh, so, yeah, it's totally a channeling. A lot of times it comes in the middle of the night uh, and I feel as I'm honing my skill of listening actually to what's coming through and to, into some of the deeper realms and then 
I'm 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 channeling in a way that yeah I feel like I'm, I I continue to refine the way I channel in a way although I'm not trying to like have a spectrum of better or good but I just feel like I can listen more deeply to what's actually being channeled through and also find I'm finding more and more of an artistic way of of exploring what is being channeled and uh, uh, stretching it. And yeah. It it sounds like a really, I don't know if intricate is the right word, but intricate kind of process. There's, there's the listening process. Um, I, I think about like when I listen to something one time, a kind of depending on what state I'm in or space I'm in, I absorb certain things or sometimes it just like goes in and out the other. Um, and, and I think about like listening to my intuition mm-hmm. and is it, is it like listening to your intuition or yeah, like I, it, or is it, is it, like it's something that's outside you that you feel connected to. Um, yeah, I think in it's really listening to every emotion that I have and analyze and then like and exploring it. Uh, you know, listening to some like the deepest heartbreaks and listening to the deepest joys and listening to uh, how I feel when I'm taking a shower or when I'm getting up in the morning or and I could just leave it at that but really there's another layer of experience that's happening. And so, yeah, exploring that and, and then maybe connecting it to, to what's going on in the larger world. And like, it may be my more immediate environment, but also in the more, the, the like the global environment and uh, yeah, just making connections and weaving, like weaving together all these different, truths that I'm picking up on. Mm-hmm. And the, the practices, um, the, the rituals um, that, that you have, is, are these self-taught? Are they ones that you've created? Or are they just from a, a lineage of other uh, spiritual practices? Um, yeah, I mean, I, def- I think every every individual in the ritual they practice is usually like a, um, a unique hybrid of their own. Uh, I definitely have, in my rituals, have barred, whether consciously or subconsciously, from, from many different traditions that I've got, you know, that I've been lucky enough to uh, encounter and to, to take in. I really based my... my uh, my rituals and, and the practices that I that I come from, which is, I come from a Jewish background, and 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 so, uh, and in within the Jewish world, I'm I feel more connected to the earth based mystical, like esoteric aspects of the religion, and um, part of the work I'm doing is also like unpack like is dismantling the patriarchy within the rituals that I'm trying to 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 connect to and to share with others and and also I'm deeply connected to the to the Moroccan Jewish traditions of my ancestors and uh 
and also trying to rediscover them in a way because a lot of because a lot of them aren't really fully alive and especially the younger generation and so uh yeah that part of it i'm i'm trying to find home in it so i can actually share it in in a way also bring new life to it and along with other peers who are who are doing the same and how how would you say your your um your religious um upbringing do you do you feel like that like all of which you were brought up with learning like do you feel like that really still resonates or has it been somewhat of a process of this some of this does actually other things resonate also from various teachings yeah. uh, so i feel like i had to completely reject everything that i was brought up with um in order to to return home to, to some of those traditions in a way that actually felt of my own choosing and of my own sovereignty and of my own alignment. Uh, so, and the way, you know, a lot of, a lot of why I'm so drawn to, to a lot of the things I do is there's a way that I, I saw richness, but also found a lot of emptiness in the way it was practiced in the way like people were coming together around it. And so for me, it's, you know, trying to, I, I see so much wisdom in a lot of those traditions and so much beauty but it's how to like like bring back the intention to to those ritual to those traditions and uh, yeah I just I was so disengaged growing up in a lot of the traditions because like I felt like the intentions like the why wasn't wasn't deeply present it was just like okay this is what we're doing and this is why we're doing it. and and everyone's not like not even fully alive in it but it's just become kind of routine and so it's how do you really for me it's finding the beauty of those and, and, and also sharing it more widely and, and bringing other folks in the same way I've been blessed to be brought into other traditions that are, that I didn't grow up with, but have brought so much, so much unique medicine into my life and into my spiritual growth and into my uh, healing. Hmm. Who in, in your life has, has been your, your biggest teacher? Hmm. One is going to sound a little bit, there's a few, but like the first one that comes to mind, uh, which is going to sound a little bit vain, but I'm, I'm hoping that it's, yeah, I'll explain the context, but, but, but really my inner voice has been my greatest teacher. And I was, I was taking a course with, uh, this deep psychologist called Francis Weller. He also is a big leader in grief rituals and, uh, he has a, a book, amazing book called the um, the wild Ed, the wild edge of sorrow, mm-hmm. and uh, I was in his like online class called the the alchemy of initiation, and I remember asking a question and about how how do we get initiated when we don't when there isn't when we don't have intact cultures of uh, an intact culture of elders who have been initiated who can then initiate us and and he said. Um, then we learn to initiate ourselves. We all the, like our inner voice when when tells us like all the things that are that aren't being met that aren't thriving. So we 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 listen to that and and let that guide us. And so I feel like that's been one of the the my biggest teachers is just really listening to all the, all the ways where I've felt 
alone and or abandoned or misled or uh, told something that felt completely at odds with what I, I felt like my soul was, was, was telling me and, and continue to listen to that. And then of course, receive the wisdom of so many other people who are feeling the same and, and bringing out different publications that have, that had these ideas beautifully articulated. But um, yeah, I felt like it, in order to even really receive those words, I had to find it from within. I had to like listen to that inner guide. Mm-hmm. The, would, would you, I, I know that I, I've heard people describe that inner guide as like their, their higher self or um, their intuition. Oh, would how would I, yeah, what I, what yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I mean, in some ways it's like, it's not just the higher self, right? It's like the, it's the wound itself. It's the, uh, it's, I mean, I mean, so many ways of how you can potentially describe the higher self, but the way I see it is, yeah, just listening to all the different parts that, that, that uh, I'm made of, you know, there's like every experience, there's, you know, there's like the part theory, like that we're, we're holding different parts. And so to listening to those parts and uh, yeah. I, I like the, that you kind of broke that down a little bit more. Cause I, I think it is nuanced. I, I think um, it, it's not just the, the things that are in, in the light or the, the positive feeling things, but it's also like, the shadowy things. Oh that. yeah, those are like the <laughs> biggest guides for sure. You know, it's actually in the, it's in the moments that I've I've been the lowest that I've had like everything absolutely feel like is going wrong that I felt like I was dying. That those are the moments that I learned the most that guided have guided me the most. Um, you know what many people call the descent as part of initiation. Uh, so those experiences have definitely informed so much of of what I'm doing and what I've become. And that's part of what I'm like, not only witnessing in myself, but witnessing in in our collective, like what is bringing people down and how can that inform of what we need to adjust and what we need to focus on and what is at the core of, 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 of what's going on. Yeah. I I think about like how much divisiveness is, is happening within our, our culture, (laughs) Our society and it's like I think there's people that know that if, if we continue to get people to be against each other and, and kind of stay in this us versus them mindset it's it's like that just perpetuates and it actually kind of drives us apart and, and I, I think of like kind of having a practice where we can kind of pause and zoom out and like see things from like a, a we consciousness uh, a, pers- a, a larger perspective you know and I, I really do think it's like it's both and you know we we all are are going through a really challenging experience right now in this world mm-hmm. um, and, and I I know that that you've mentioned some of your practices of, of kind of unlearning or deprogramming and I think about just how much 
has been kind of ingrained in in me through um, growing up in the Mormon Church and um, and just kind of being expected to to um, be a certain way, uh, act a certain way, um, in order to advance in the priesthood and the Mormon religion. You have to be worthy, and there's like all these things that you're expected to do and and one of which is like around my my sexuality like not touching my own body not exploring that like that's supposed to only be when i'm married and it's only supposed to be meant for procreation and it's just like fuck you know Uh there's so much shame that's Mm -hmm. kind of ingrained in all of that for me and i think a, a lot of people they, they've gone through their own versions of of that and i'm, I'm really just grateful that, that you're doing this work with with men and, and <laughs> breaking those things down mm-hmm. yeah actually like the this past weekend we had like a whole day focused on self-pleasure and and sexuality and and shame and the, like all the ways that we've been conditioned even just like the first times that like how our parents or like how parents communicate sex or didn't communicate you know like what was going on in our body you know i um yeah i just remember like when i was having changes in my body and having no guidance around it i remember like just the first time like there's different shifts in my body just like crying because thinking like there was something wrong with me, like that, that, um, yeah, just so many things. Uh, and, and it, yeah, I think that, that so much of, of our collective healing is that is our ability to, to, to be able to talk about these things, to be able to, to connect to those things in ourselves, to, to, to not leave them as shadows cast aside and, and, to, to continue to integrate into into um, our understanding of ourselves, all, all the different parts of ourselves. And that also means everyone in our society is a different reflection of ourselves. So, so it's also to integrate them in rather than, like you said, use language of divisiveness or separation. Mm-hmm. Because that's just a part of ourselves that we don't want to deal with, right? that we don't want to look at. Yeah. It, it it can be really challenging to look at those those parts, uh, at least for me. And it, you know, totally understandably, you know, there's so much trauma probably around that too. You know, so many different experiences that 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 do make it really hard and justifiably so. Yeah, I had an experience um, in in one of the the groups that I'm um, I'm assisting and training right now, and. Um, it's for a somatic psychotherapy method. We've talked about it, Hakomi, and mm-hmm. being an assistant and um, having a, a dual relationship and with one of the students. And um, I had this experience where they shared about a mutual experience we had, and they referenced um, my sexuality, me being gay. Mm-hmm. Didn't say my name and just kind of dropped that but i i realized like there was like this part of me that was just like <gasps> like they oh no they they might like pl- like 
figure out that she's talking about me, you know, or, and I, and as I, I talked to her more about this, um, you know, she, she kind of said, you know, I, I, I experience you as somebody who really loves and, um, accepts who they are. Like she's, she's saying that to me. And so, and her, opinion it was just like i i don't i it's interesting that it seems like there may be like a little bit of shame that that's coming up around your sexuality and mm-hmm. i i mean it, it, it wasn't just that but it, it really like it is something that i'm i'm working with mm-hmm. and, and and through and it's just it's kind of like this onion that i keep peeling back these different mm-hmm. layers well you know it's interesting i see part of what uh like came up, you know, in one of one of the shares, like this guy, this guy, I mean, oh, actually, yeah, I think a few guys had been like, you know, but as a heterosexual male, you know, like they, they felt like they needed to reference, to, to preface that. And so one guy, that question is like, why, well, why do you need, like, why do you feel like you need to, to like, to hold on to that, to, to, to that, hold on to that identity? And, and, you know, it kind of brought up a larger, idea of like internalized homophobia and actually like probably folks just like being scared of actually releasing that, 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 that reference, because that actually isn't fully true of, of, of their, of the, the full spectrum of their experience. And uh, yeah, it just really, it was just really interesting. And, and when I want to like celebrate you, you know, for like, for folks to be able to see that and that like you're loving yourself and like, there's so many obstacles to that in, in our conditioning and in, in, in our inner world and to like to get to that place it takes a lot of like a lot of strength and resilience and so yeah mm-hmm. celebrating you and us celebrating myself for getting to a point where I, I feel like I'm you know just embracing all the different aspects of myself yeah thank you yeah know that just gonna let that come in I, I had sometimes like this barrier of oh no it's it's too much for me to like let that in but i I do i appreciate that Mm -hmm. um where where can um people find out more about you and and the work that you do yeah it's a good question uh so i'm currently working on the website that is not yet complete mm-hmm. okay so but i mean there's a there's a there's actually a um a url and a website i'm just uh so so finishing but it's it's live um and uh yeah i that's kind of like one one way and it, i mean it, it should be ready probably by this week and yeah i feel like the folks want to like get to know me on a deeper level they can also um, you know, message me and to find out about the and get a copy of the book right now. I don't have it online. Actually, I'm about to get it online. I kind of wanted to do the first copies, you know, only with folks that I'd had some kind of relationship with beforehand and, and as a more personal handoff rather than be kind of impersonal because it feels like such a personal offering. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's another possibility. Um, Maybe just uh, an email address if, if people are interested. Yeah. yeah, I can just give my email address. Yeah. Okay. 
It's my first and last name, Ophir, O-P-H-I-R, Haber, H-A-B-E-R-E-R, at gmail.com. So again, O-P-H-I-R, H-A-B-E-R-E-R, at gmail.com. And yeah, feel free to, to email me with any questions or any interests or, yeah. I, um, I was wondering before we end if, if there's um, uh, a piece of work that you, you'd like to share, mm. uh, either from your book or just that you recite out of your memory or something you've worked on recently. Sure. Um, Not to put you on the spot. <laughs> I'll do, I'll do one from the book that kind of, I think, speaks to, uh, yeah, speaks to the men's work that we've been talking about and the vulnerability. And so uh, this morning I woke up to a pool of tears to be in this male body, in this society, in this conditioning. The greatest liberation I have yet found is in welcoming the waters, letting them flow not resisting the strong current of heartbreak, of loss, of regret, of anger, of love. The heart is a tender well and does not want to run dry. The heart is a tender well and does not want to run dry. It wants to be nourished by the same waters it feels in source in womb. To strip this of my heart is yet the greatest sin I can commit as a man and to which all other sins might stem from. Thank you, Spirit, for regifting me tears. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for for coming on. Yeah, what an honor. Yeah. Sharing your personal experiences and, and what, what the work that you're doing and your, your art, your, your heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Likewise. Thank you for the work you're doing. Thank you for having me. Thank you for, yeah, just deepening in this conversation with me today. Thank you all so much for listening today. If any of you'd like to find out more about the work that I do, you can go to samsebastian.com. That's S-A-M-S-E-B-A-S-T-I-A-N.com. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, please reach out to me via email. That's sam at samsebastian.com. Much love.